I just wanted to say welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for coming at Hope for Today Church. And thank you for those tuning in live right now. We are so blessed to have you listening. Um, we love you guys. So my name is Pastor Isaiah, and uh, I was very grateful to get a, a nice little break from playing the drums. So thank you, Ian, for doing that for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming. So. I'm going to be talking about how God's bride is generous and holy. We're supposed to be a generous people. Amen? So, sometimes I find myself in a rabbit hole watching YouTube, and there's this guy. You might have heard of him. I know a lot of younger people have heard of him. His name is Mr. Beast. Have you heard of Mr. Beast? And if you haven't, that's okay. He's, he's a young guy. He's in his 20s, and he gives a ton of money. I don't know where he gets his money. But he just, there's no boundary, there's no limit. He started um, with just a few subscribers, and over time he's got, I think he has about 50 million subscribers, which is crazy, but he gives cars to his friends. He goes to fast food places, and he will ask the workers, hey, if I give you 100K, do you think you'll quit your job? So he just does a bunch of crazy things, sort of like that. One other challenge he did, which is pretty interesting, he had one video where he has a group of friends and he has a million dollars on a pedestal. And each person, there's about five people, they put their hand on the million dollars and the last person to leave gets the million. So it's just chaotic because they're there for like over 24 hours. It's really fun to watch. But as I'm watching these things, I really enjoy seeing how this, this kid, he gets people you know, a lot of freedom. He enables them by blessing them. And he, lo he loves to see the reactions. That's partially why he does it, for the reactions, for the views on YouTube. But as believers, we are meant to be generous in our own and special way, right? And it feels so good to give. And it doesn't have to be money. It can be anything. And in the Bible, there's, there's special standards on how it's meant to be and on how it's meant to look. So I'm going to continue off on our journey in the book of Acts. So turn with me, if you will, to chapter 4, verses 32. That's, that's where we left off from last week. So feel free to follow along. So verse 32, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their, pose any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything that they had. All right, let's pause there for a second. So all the believers were one in heart and mind. They, they had each other's backs, you know, kind of like people in the army. There's some form of camaraderie. You know, if people are shooting at you, you're going to be, you know, covering them. You've got their back. And just, they were just so sold out for Christ, you know. They were, there was no need. Everything that they owned was at their disposal, which I find personally very challenging. Uh, so... I have a story from when I was in Bible school in my second year, and so I brought with me this, this old relic of a guitar, and it was my dad's, and it was such a special gift that he gave me. It, was, it wasn't much to look at, but it played very nicely. It fit really well under my arms, and it sounded great. And during Bible school, there are a few events called Coffee House, where the students can just unwind, relax, and play music for one another. Um, do some spoken words, just, just unwind and relax, all right? So there was this girl, her name was Julia, or so, like, I'm just covering her name, that's not actually her name, but let's call her Julia. So she wanted to borrow a guitar for a performance, and 
she was going around and asking and people were like, nah, nah, you can't have my guitar. <laughs> and then she came to me and her and, her and I became friends over the semester. But even, even still, when she came up to me and she's like, Isaiah, may I, may I play your guitar just for this one night? And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, there's no way I'm going to lend you my guitar. It's, it's very special. It's a relic. My dad gave it to me. You know, it's over 10 years old. And I, I wanted nothing to do with it. But you know what? I lent it anyway. Because <laughs> that's, that's just, you know, what friends do. Even though it was priceless to me, it was just, you know, I, I felt led to do it. I felt that God wanted me to do it. And there was a lesson to be learned, let me tell you. So that, that night for Coffee House, just before Julia went up to the stage to play, she had to tune the guitar. And it was very last minute when I gave it to her. It, and I had no idea, but it wasn't actually tuned very well. So, whoops, <laughs> I gave it to her. She had a tuner as she was tuning before her act. She was beside one of the, a, a big pillar um, before the stage and she, boom, she got the headstock. <laughs> and I just kind of held my forehead and I was like, oh no, oh God. So the thing was, as I laid my eyes before the headstock when I got it back, you know, God said, there's a lesson to be learned. And all, every scratch that was there, God reminded me that it's better to give, it's better to sow into people's lives. You know, when God blesses the flock, when God blesses one another in a church, he does it through each and every one of us, right? Sure, God can move in miraculous ways, like God moved in Elijah's life when he was fleeing and the ravens fed him, or when Jesus was in the wilderness and after the temptations, the angels fed him supernaturally. So God can move in many mysterious ways, but I think the most common ways, the ways that he, mo he will move is through each and every one of you. So we should be a generous people, amen? Just like the people in the early church. And as the apostles were preaching and spreading the word, you know, performing miraculous signs, the faith of the people grew and grew and their love grew for one another as well. Because when they love one another, you are actually loving the Lord. Because the, the Lord is one with you. When you receive him as Lord and Savior, he becomes one with your spirit. That's what the Bible says. And that's my first point. So believers give in proportion to their faith and love for God. But you know what? Some people, they don't give because of fear. Like myself, I, I was really apprehensive about lending my guitar. Because you, you never know how it's going to come back. Same with lending books or whatever. It, but the, the condition of it coming back, it doesn't matter to God. What matters is if you obeyed, you know, if you trusted and obeyed. Because things, material possessions, they don't last. They really don't. What lasts is your treasure in heaven. And I've lent some books to people in the past. I'm still waiting for people to bring my books back to me. But you know what? That's okay. That's okay sometimes. Um, it's just a it becomes a special gift. <laughs> but yeah, giving, I think of it as, it's not an easy habit, but it is a habit. When you do so, something ignites inside of you. Something changes. And you know what I think it is? I think when you obey God and when you lend your possessions to other people, you are stepping in the will of God. You are aligned with his heartbeat. You are aligned with his word. You know, you feel the rhythm of heaven. You see, you know, things just start to, to align for yourself. And I find that for myself the more, the more that I give. 
but it's nice to give, it's nice to feel loved, but you know, at the same time, we need to increase our love for God because if we don't increase our love for the Lord, it, you're not going to be very inclined to give, right? At least that's for me. So God spoke to me this week and he said something. And I was just praying and he walked into the room. I felt a presence. He was saying a bunch of things. But the most important thing he said to me was, Isaiah, I think about you all the time. And I said, wow, God. And I was crying like, I said, God, I, I believe you. I believe you. And then I was asking him, God, how do you feel about my students on Fridays for the youth group? And he says, Isaiah, I think about them all the time. I truly, truly love them. And I want you to be an example for them. And I'm, I'm thinking, wow, like, what can I do for them? Because when God speaks to you about your brothers and sisters in Christ, he says things that, that blow your mind. He says things that, that really surprise you. And he might say, you know, this person, you know, John might need a, a tuner or John might need a, need a phone call or Mary might need bacon or something. I don't know, <laughs> whatever it may be. You just have to trust and obey, but that happens in the secret place. You start to get that revelation from God that you've been craving. You start to get those words of knowledge. You start to get, you know, that wisdom, but that comes from the secret place that only you and the Lord may have. So if you love God, you will love people. That's a promise. So, okay, let's keep, let's keep reading on. So verse 33. So with great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them, in, in them all, that there were no needy persons among them. And from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money for the sa- from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. And it was distributed to anyone who had need. So let's pause for a moment. So the apostles were pastors of pastors. And they didn't just speak, right? They led by example. And they knew what was going on in the church. They knew very well what was going on. And the people were very generous. They, they saw things that, you know, normal, normal science just couldn't explain. There was miracles happening. People were getting, getting up from, from their mats and they were walking. People were, were seeing and they were blind. People were hearing and they were deaf. Like amazing things were happening. So when there is that type of ecosystem in the church, there is bound to be giving. There is bound to be the spirit of God at work. And he's always at work regardless of how much giving there is. And I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about just being there for one another. And it's so important. You know, sometimes we, we don't feel blessed. Why do you think that is? It's because selfishness blocks the blessings of Jesus Christ. He so freely gave himself up for us. And at the same time, we need to freely give ourselves as well for him to receive the glory and the honor. And I really, I really look up to my father as an example. He is such a, a big lender and a big spender. <laughs> and my mom keeps him in line. She keeps him on a leash when it comes to spending money. But you know what? I can see the joy that it gives my parents when they give. It, it's amazing. It provides so much freedom and you reap what you sow. That's a spiritual law. That's a spiritual truth. Even when my dad's guitars come back, not the same. Even when, you know, the books come back and there's wrinkles in the pages. It's still that kindness that, that goes so, so long, so far. And it brings tremendous liberation to the soul. 
In fact, it's good medicine to be a, a cheerful giver and to be thankful, right? Actually, I just, so, I just recently showed my students on Friday that there's scientific evidence that shows when you, when you feel a certain way, it changes your body. It, it can either heal your body or it can either harm your body. And so your body, it's like a vibrating machine, all right? So if you're depressed, it's like bad software affecting your hardware, your body. That's why speaking in tongues is so important because it builds up yourself, it builds up your body, not just your spirit. So, just like these believers in the Bible, let's, uh, let's see how, how they were giving all the time. All their needs were satisfied and they were taken care of by God, yes, through one another, that's right. So the ecosystem, I wanna really emphasize this point, an ecosystem of believers of Christ with one heart and one mind should provide life and abundance as long as fear and selfishness are driven away. So I, I really want that for Hope For Today Church. I really want us to be of one heart and one mind. So I really wanna offer a challenge for one, for one another just to you know, be open, try and be more vulnerable. Try and ask, you know, how, are you, how are you doing? And if you get a, I'm, I'm good, go, oh, why, why is that? You know, just don't take good as it is because sometimes people are lying. <laughs> So, verse 36. So Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, he sold a field that he owned and brought all the money and put it to the apostles' feet. So this verse is a preface. It's a precursor to chapter 5. And we know chapter 5 about Ananias and Sapphira. So let's start reading that. So now a man named Ananias, together with his wife, Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's full knowledge, they both kept back part of the money for themselves, but brought the rest and put it to the apostles' feet. So the author is making a very clear comparison with Barnabas and with Ananias and his wife. Let's keep reading. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your own disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not just lied to human beings, but to God. And when Ananias heard this, he fell down and he died. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body and carried him out and buried him. Wow, so this is pretty shocking, right? And it's not easy to understand why this might have happened, but I'm gonna try and shed some light on this. So Barnabas and Ananias and Sapphira, they sold their lands, but Barnabas gave all of the money to the apostles. Ananias, he bought, or sorry, he brought some of the money to them, but he, he, he kept some as well. But that wasn't actually the issue. Keeping some of the money wasn't the issue because Peter, he said the money belonged to them. However, the Greek word for kept here can be also means, it also means stole, stolen. So perhaps before they sold the land, Ananias made an agreement to somebody to give all the money. And you know what? I think he made that agreement with God, the most high God. The promises that you make with one another, you know, if they're broken, you can be forgiven. And, you know, it, 
just don't do it on a whim, especially a vow or a promise with the Lord. God takes those very seriously. He takes those promises um, very seriously. So when they're broken by people, they can be forgiven. But by God, there's consequences. You know, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, right? Just like when the covenant agreement that Christ has made with us because of his blood, he died for us. So we're supposed to be holy. We're supposed to be righteous. You know, we're supposed to be aligned with his will, to be generous, to be, you know, to have the fruit of the spirit. When we step out of that agreement, when we sin, when we lie, when we steal, when we cheat, when we commit adultery in our, in our hearts, we step out of alignment and that invites sickness, you know, trauma, curses, just a host of different things that, that can affect us. And we think, God, why am I suffering? There's always a reason. There's a reason for everything. There's always, you know, you know the enemy has permission. Somehow it got there. And God, he is so faithful to reveal what that is. You just have to pray and fast and ask the Lord fervently because he has the answers and he is so faithful. I'm also guessing that Ananias, he not only made a vow to God to give, to give all the money, but I think he wanted to give to look good. I think his intentions were out of line. Just like, you know, the woman, when Jesus was pointing out that faithful woman who gave her two copper coins in the temple, he said she's, you know, she was faithful. But when the Pharisees gave, they gave in abundance. However, they were, they were giving with ill intentions. They wanted to appear righteous. So we cannot be like the Pharisees. We need to give, this is my second point, we need to give with pure intentions. That's how believers should give. Let's keep reading. After three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter had asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? That's kind of a loaded question, right? But he knows, Peter very well knows that that wasn't the full amount. However, I do think that God was using Peter to be gracious, to extend an olive branch, to, you know, offer a chance for Sapphira to repent and to, you know, tell the truth. But she didn't. She replied, yes, that is the price. And Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you also. And at that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. And the young men came in and finding her dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. So the takeaway from this passage to me is give with pure intentions. You know, don't make promises to God that you cannot keep. I've made a promise to God when I was a teenager. And when I did, I felt the fear of the Lord like grip me really strongly. And it wasn't a, an unholy fear. It was a godly fear. It was God saying to me, you must keep your promise. You must do this for me. You know, otherwise there's consequences and I'll have to answer for it in heaven. So intentions are what pleases the Lord when you give and it will unlock the greater blessings from the storehouses of heaven. My third point is that Christ is coming for a pure bride. You know, this, this circumstance with Ananias and Sapphira, it was at the very beginning of the timeline of the early church. It was the very beginning. And if we look and compare it to the life of Christ, 
with his timeline, with his ministry of three years. First, he was baptized, right? And he started baptizing others, you know, with the Holy Spirit. So when he was doing that, I look at this, the circumstance with Ananias and Sapphira, wow, this is almost a baptism of the church, not just with the Holy Spirit in Acts 2, but the, there is more baptisms. There is more, uh, more forms of purification always happening. And it was very significant. And at the end of Christ's uh, ministry, he was purging the temple. You know, he was telling the brood of vipers to get out of there and stop, you know, stop selling things that you shouldn't sell in the church. Like, just make it a holy place. So we know by looking at Christ's ministry at the very end, we do know that this is going to happen again with Ananias and Sapphira. This is going to happen before Christ comes back. I know it is. I know that before the end of days, there's going to be, you know, crazy things. There's going to be purging, but thank God that we have time on our side. We know that the temple has to be rebuilt. You know, the Antichrist has to reveal himself. There's a lot of things that have to happen first, so we're, we're in a good spot. However, the Lord wants us to love one another so deeply and act as if, you know, it's our last day today. That's, that's how I try and act. I would like to call up the worship team just to come back and just to, uh, yeah, we need to reflect on how God is so generous, how he is so holy. Believers give in proportion to their love and their faith in God, and you increase your love for God through prayer, through serving him. You know, we need to give with pure intentions. I really want to emphasize that. You know, I really want to encourage you all to think of ways how you can be generous with one another. This is very important in this time. I really believe that when we are giving, you know, with each other, it was very, it was emphasized here that the believers gave with one another. It's good to give to the unsaved too, to display your Christ-like love. But we were supposed to start it in this safe place. This is a safe place for us to work, to work on our character, you know, to work on our love for each other. And people are messy, right? Relationships are so messy. And things, you know, there's always forgiveness when people do you wrong, when, when I get my guitar back and there's, you know, dings in it, there's scrapes in it. I just have to say glory to God. I was able to, you know, help this person. All right, let us, let us pray. So God, I ask that you would lead Hope for Today Church in the area of giving and generosity, Lord. Whether that's finances, whether that's lending a book, you know, baking for one another, cooking, inviting for a barbecue, whatever that is, Lord, I pray that generosity would rise up in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you would speak to each and every one of us here. Holy Spirit, just speak. Let us know how, how we can help one another. I pray that we wouldn't be afraid to speak to each other. I pray that fear would be cast out in the name of Jesus. I pray that selfishness would diminish in Jesus' name. Selfishness would go away in Jesus' name. Lord, may all of our needs be met like the needs were met in the early church. May we be united with one heart and one mind for Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that your holy fire would come. You would purify our intentions, that your holy fear would come.
come and burn within us so that we would trust and obey you, Lord, and serve you with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, and all of our strength. And let this church be true to its name. We are hope for today. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, Amen. All right, well, I just, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. I, I feel like something, you know, seeds are sown. And yeah, don't be afraid to, to be vulnerable with one another. I say that again, be vulnerable with each other. We are brothers and sisters after all, right? You know, if you have a problem, if you have a prayer request, come. Come and talk to Pastor Andrew and myself. We, we would love to pray for you. We would love to just hear you out, you know, and be a shoulder to lean on. We want to listen to you guys. Um, yeah, so let's just end with a song and praise God. <laughs>